Welcome to a new special edition of Crawling Mondays. Today I have a very special guest with me and we are going to cover a very exciting SEO topic which is SEO for web migrations. My guest today, I have Arsene Rabinovich from Top Hat Rank. He's the Woo! director, founder, master and commander of Top Hat. And then I have also Vartos Goralevich, the CEO of Onely. Web migration, there are so many different types of web migrations, like when merging international websites, rebranding, there are certain type of configuration or, or misconfigurations or issues or challenges that arise every single time. Can you please share which are those problems that you end up finding somehow in every single opportunity and some of the top reasons why they lose traffic and rankings? So before um, Arsene is gonna to reply to that, I'll, um, I have one that I think we're all going to agree with. That's one biggest issue. Robots.txt. No, but you were close. It's not a quiz, though. Uh, you, you get a D. Um, so I think the biggest problem, something we're seeing every single time, is clients reaching out to us like a week before. I think uh, it's, it's, it, uh, in, in our experience, even though we do a lot of very big migrations, small migrations, like enterprise migrations, it, it's very uncommon from our perspective, our point of view, our experience to have a client reaching out to us like six months in advance. It's, it's more of an exception than a rule. 100%, 100%. Usually it's two weeks before. Oh, they have all settled out and thought out and then or they- someone, some, so. some, someone, someone says, oh, SEO. We, sh we need to make sure that we don't lose traffic. We get, we get in touch with the SEO right there and it's just a couple of weeks before a week or a few days before or even afterwards when everything has gone wrong already. Bart brought up a, a very valid point all the time. Uh, oh, we're, we're about three weeks away from launching our site. We thought we'd get you in to take a look and see what's, you know, what's happening. Um, you, know, you have to prioritize at that point. We, we kind of segmented out and we have pre and post launch activities. And you try to get like the, the most important stuff in. But I, I, to answer your question, uh, obviously, like the, the blocking of the staging server makes its way over to production uh, mm. all the time. Uh, oh, we launched and we, we're losing traffic and rankings. And then you go in there and uh, I say this at, at, at my talk. I've made so much money just saying like, I'm going to charge you 50 bucks and uh, fix this issue for you right now. And that's your robots.txt file is blocking the entire server, right? Um, and then the other thing that's always causing a lot of like fluctuations is when people just do really horrible job at like mapping the region. I think that you are on point that these are usually the most common type of scenarios regarding the configurations themselves. I have to say though, that there's a particular issue that it is a question that is not asked and is fundamental. And it bothers me so much when I ask this and the, the, the client or the person cannot even find out proper answers like why you are moving. Is it really necessary for you to migrate in the first place? Because sometimes they want to achieve something that is completely doable without a whole structural type of, of change on the website, without the redirects, without the migration, etc. Right. And, and, and so it's overdoing it, overcomplicating it. But regarding those specific scenarios, those challenges that come up with the fact that in many occasions, the clients come too late already, a week before, let's say. What will be the top two or maximum three things 
that you will validate. So when someone comes to you post factum after the migration, uh, quite often you need to scrape Google, you need to do a lot of that extra work to get those old URLs uh, from the old domain because very often developers don't keep like old sitemaps. Those sitemaps are often not reliable and so on. So if I had 24 hours, I would make sure to look into every single URL and if possible, map every single URL uh, within that domain. So that's, that would be the first thing. Do whatever possible to get all of the old URLs, URLs? The URLs yeah. within the old structure. So, so I, if I were like to choose one thing or a mm -hmm. few key elements, that would be it. To validate all the old URLs that were attracting rankings, traffic, money making value, etc. Money making, money -making URLs. URLs. Did also the ones yeah. that are important for the customer from a customer journey perspective. Yeah. And crawl them. I have to say that a really good tip in case the client they don't have this list of URLs or somehow you cannot even access to their Google Search Console, Google Analytics, etc. You can go to, for example, SEMrush, Systrix, whatever two-party tool, and go and check which were the pages that were being in more two weeks ago and yep. prioritize those. Yeah, so uh, very similar. We, look, we, we, we take an approach. So we've, we've had this happen so many times. Um, and again, it's prioritizing pre and post launch, what needs to be the, the crucial things. Uh, uh, we have a checklist that we go through internally um, uh, and to like, just like really get understanding. But, uh, uh, I have to agree with Bart a hundred percent. You, you, we right away take a look at analytics. We take a look at a uh, search console, uh, a CM rush, whatever tools we have. Uh, and we want to make sure that the money making URLs, the crucial URLs, uh, uh are going to be in place. We've done migrations for, uh, like really active e-commerce sites. So like losing a day or like saying like, Oh, we can fix, we can fix it post launch. Right. It's a lot of money that can be lost in one day of, 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 a, of a page not showing up, right? 100%. Um, so we're going to, we look at it from a standpoint of like, how much money can we, are we going to lose if these pages, uh, if there's an issue with these pages and then we prioritize it. Uh, uh, and then obviously like making sure that the redirects are in place, uh, crawlability accessibility would be the first thing, right? Like that's the most important part, right? You, you have a new site up, you want to make sure it's getting crawled, right? And just one last thing to add when we have like 24 hours and someone is reaching out, which is not an uncommon scenario. Yeah. Uh, we would definitely do uh, whatever possible to, to get to know the old structure as long as you can basically click through that, uh, understand the intent, under, understand everything that's going on. And not only for the uh, migla migration sake by itself, but then <laughs> we all had those when there is a migration date and there is a core update or something like that. Uh, and at the same this, time yeah so if this is a new client um and that's usually the case with with migration someone is reaching out like we've got we have a migration help help me out uh, and if it's last minute we also try to spend a little bit more time to understand all of the possible non-migration related issues uh, in case like to assess the risk of migration to see okay maybe after we migrate it's not the best idea. Maybe we need to fix something first. Like regardless of that, just basically get to know the website, get a little bit of that feel of how that works. Uh, so when something, God forbid, goes wrong, we have a we have an idea where to look for that. The, the before and after snapshots as quick as possible, indeed. And for that, for example, what I have found really useful is to uh, when you crawl to save the HTML the snapshots, just in case, just in case, something that you have overlooked from the configurations, you can go back 
and load again that crawl that you have done, for example, with Screaming Frog, even you can do this and, and, uh, and check the former HTML and see how it was actually implemented in the past and, and the new configuration and see for some reason, oh, maybe that page before was canonicalized and now it's not or vice versa. What is the craziest scenario that you have had with clients, like the most messed up configurations that you have seen? I think we had a mix of the CMS uh, move. So, so we had a client e-commerce store uh, moving to uh, Angular-based CMS and changing domain. And they did it. And they Everything at the same time. Post factum with a very limited budget to fix it because they reached out to us after a month because everything, like they lost traffic uh, quite a bit, like 70-ish percent. The client was very demanding, but they also had a very low budget. Uh, and okay. their devs... Their <laughs> That's devs a very nice way of putting it. We hopped on the call with their devs. They, they rejected the idea of any kind of pre-rendering, server-side rendering, anything like that. They uh, butchered... Good the, luck. The, the URLs were not mapped. Like, and we had to somehow fight against all of those. So we were like this is probably not something we should even take on as a client. And there is a lot of obviously like politics uh, in, in, mm -hmm. involved. There was like a, it was a recommendation from our existing client. So it was really awkward. And this was dragging behind us. We, it was, you know, one of those situations when it, it's yeah. really weird not to take that client, but at the same time yeah. you see too much risk with. Yeah. But I have to say to something Bartos for this type of very messed up the scenario, I have to say something, right? If, if they come with this very bad situation and then you, you alert them and you tell them, look, you're in a very bad situation, allow us to work and al allow yourself to be advised. Depends a little bit on the, the attitude, right? Because if their attitude, even if they are very messed up, is positive and open to hear and to be advised and even like put on whole things until things are fixed, then it's okay-ish. But if their attitude is like in a week anyway, we and anyway. I don't care and... Uh, this is what there is and it needs to work. If that's the attitude, then I better put it off and, and say, look, sorry, but I cannot help you. Like if to be able to help you, I you need to be open and flexible and give the resources, 100%, right? 100% agree. It's just making the whole process very, very difficult. And but when you, possible, you know, we try not to take them on. I think that as SEOs, it's very important to alert our clients and warn them and provide them realistic expectations of what is achievable or not based on the requirements because indeed sometimes the migrations need to happen yes or yes and it's not because of seo but because business legal all the type of requirements or, or objectives a few interesting things i've seen i've seen a, a wordpress installed in, inside of wordpress uh, so you have a wordpress installation in that's in the directory of a website that's already on wordpress uh, um uh, why don't ask uh, um and then when they did the migration well the, when they came to us before the migration we're crawling and we're like what's like the, not like these two parts of the website are completely like the like the code does like just like completely different um i've seen <laughs> i've seen a beauty brand get rid of their category pages they decided we don't need category pages for the user experience we're going to move everybody to product uh so they moved all of the product uh uh uh, uh basically combine all the products into a product page where it's like variations. Uh, um, 
So, you know, they, they decided to get rid of their category pages and we're looking just like, just like broad keywords, just like dropping off. What are the tools that you, you find that are usually super handy for this type of scenarios of, of migration validations, uh, those top tools that you cannot live without for this analysis? Um, I mean, I'm going to be the guy and say screaming frog. <laughs> you know, like, of course. Uh, uh, I'll be that. Don't invite arson then. Um, you know, uh, the old school way, uh, I mean, unless we're dealing with like something super large, obviously screaming frog will crap out. Uh, um, you know, we're, we're, by the way, we're, t we're, we're doing, um, very, I've been playing around with Wright, uh, and Izzy's going to be doing a walkthrough for us this next week. Thank you. Thank you, Bart. Uh, um, and thank you guys at, at, uh, at Wright for, for hooking it up. And it, you know, when you're doing migrations the, for the important parts, you want to make sure that there are certain components that are in place. So pretty much any crawler that you can mm -hmm. feed a, a list or upload a, a, a spreadsheet of URLs to crawl that you can manipulate before you upload it uh, uh, works. Uh, uh, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, and then like for, for mapping, uh, keyword mapping to URL, uh, search console, and then exporting data from everywhere else for the you know, backlinks, uh, putting it all together into a massive uh, a spreadsheet and just like working off of that especially for bigger type of websites and continuous type of validations, right? It will be like my crawler to go. I have to say that for specific list crawls and specific quick validations like this, uh, Screaming Frog is godsend because of that, that integration that they also have with the Google Search Console and Google Analytics data. So you can prioritize right away to see which are those crawl pages that are bringing more traffic and also are ranking for more popular keywords right away without losing much time, especially for quick validation, that is great. And then I have to say that in my case, I really, really like Systrix evolution graph, the before and after, because very flexible. You can use them by subdomain, by subdirectory. So you can compare anything the before and after from a visibility standpoint. So that offers a lot of visibility to check and monitor the before and after. But of course, your own Google Search Console data is key. Your own Google Analytics uh, data too. SEO Monitor, I use them also for those top terms that I really care about. And they'll, then the share of visibility for those top terms that I really care about. We actually yeah. started playing around a lot also with SEO Monitor based on your recommendation when you and I talked. Uh, yeah. And Sarah, our director of SEO, really enjoyed it, the, especially like the, the ability to, to uh, uh, for migrations, to be able to kind of do projections on like where potentially you can be if these things are changed. Uh, so yeah, thank you for that. We usually start with right, um, then a little bit of screaming frog, but then a lot of the tools that we use, the tools that we use are either uh, we like depending on the team that's doing the migration. But we, for example, have uh, Martin and the whole kind of geeky team at Onely, who are huge fans of customizable tools. So they use Neem. It's K N I M Neema. Yeah, I have no idea how they pronounce that. They I asked them at one of the conferences. Few guys told me different pronunciation as well, so <laughs> I feel okay with that. Um, so, so they use that, but also what's really, really crucial for me back in the day it was G Scraper when it still worked with with external proxies. When they start stop supporting that, we use Scrapebox. We sometimes use Xrammer as well for like a very large files because. Wow, Xrammer you're really getting into that time machine. Uh, yeah, but it, it does a very good job scraping Google. So for, for me, scraping Google is really important and just how difficult it got with Google over the last few years. I think mm -hmm. we all saw that and uh, made it 
kind of necessary to use multiple tools rather than just scrape box and just like 200 proxies. Uh, so I guess it depends on the part of, on the team within Wanli because they are all geeks, so they, they have their own tool set, they build tools, whatever. But I would say that anything that scrapes Google um, is really important, especially for the post-factum uh, migrations. <laughs> so fixing something that already happened in the past. For ending, that this, this was going to be my last question. The tools that we tend to overlook, that you don't see many SEOs talking about it. I have one, I have one, and I'm probably very old school and it's, uh, and I'm guessing this is going to divide the audience in half. But for example, when you work with a client who's on https.dubdubdub.domain.com, we always ask them to uh, for access to http.dubdubdub.http.domain.com. Uh, all so the variations. All the different variations. Mm -hmm. and, and then when it's really complex, like with some manual penalty, we also ask for like to validate just a folder or something like, or different subdomains. So if there are, you know, 83, 90, 100 subdomains, we want to, uh, we want them to give us access to the search console of those subdomains because it allows you to work a little bit more precise with, with the data. And sometimes we, you know, it, it's, it's, it's changing. So, so Google is became, becoming a little bit more, like Google Search Console is becoming a little bit more centralized. But back, like even two, three years ago, it would have completely different data set. For example, backlinks uh, in, in, if, you, if you validate subdomain, adapt, adapt versus non-adapt, like you get so much more. And I think we actually wrote a, a case study, uh, but um, those things are very often overlooked and, and again, uh, if you're migrating, you're not only migrating the, the URLs, but all of the files. So all of the uh, JavaScript files, all the scripts, all of the images. And now I'm gonna blow your mind, like everyone watching this video, just post in the comment, if you have Search Console for all the subdomains serving your JavaScript, your images. When, when, when we look into that, I never had a client doing that. I never saw uh, SEOs looking at that, but that's like, just your www.arsen.com is probably like 10% of your crawler budget. It's 10% of what Google cares about because 90% of the, of the, of the meat is uh, yeah. Arsen's meat is on the, on the, on a CDN, on the subdomain is somewhere those, else. Yeah. Serving resources, serving all that, those scripts so, generate additional, so, additional yeah, functionality into server log is exactly the same. Look into the yeah. CSS files that are not like, again, 95% of the, 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 the cases, you won't have your uh, CSS files on aledasolis.com. You will have mm -hmm. them somewhere else, uh, on a subdomain, on a, on a completely different mm -hmm. domain uh, from, from CDN. Like a lot of those, so I would really stress. So, migrations are also consolidations. We've we've seen, and I'm sure you've guys done these, where you have two, three, four sites coming together. There's been an acquisition, and they they want to bring everything under the same domain. Uh, what Bart's talking about becomes even more of an issue when you're consolidating multiple uh, uh, websites into one. Uh, um, that also becomes a, a, a huge pain in the butt, especially with uh, when you want to do your comparison crawls between staging and production. Uh, you have to keep in mind three previous, you know, domains combining into one. Uh, but uh, one of the things that, that uh, uh, as far as an activity that's overlooked uh, uh, during migrations, uh, um, 
I would say that it would be, they don't take the opportunity to really focus in on information architecture and fixing problems there. Thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, during the migration, that's a perfect opportunity to, 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 to make those changes. There's a reason why you're migrating. Uh, one of the reasons might be that, oh, we have a new, and Alita and I spoke about this in, in San Jose, right? Uh, you have a shift in e-commerce inventory, right? Uh, 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 that, that in itself is also, can be considered almost like a migration, right? Because you, you have mm -hmm. a whole section of your site that's phasing out and a whole new section coming in. Um, so that reorganization, uh, 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 really focusing in on, on uh, information architecture, providing places for uh, uh, Google to be able to map broader queries to your you know, top level pages, your, your categories, your brand pages, especially if you're e-commerce, uh, to your uh, topical uh, uh, informational silos. Uh, if you're a publisher, uh, really not digging into that, I think, is something that's so vital because when you're doing a migration, you're not, you, as an SEO, uh, uh, your job is not only to help them with properly migrating and, and retaining what was there. You want to make sure that preventing loss, but you also want to make sure that there's growth, right? Uh, there's, if you have enough time and we typically ask for like at least a month and a half, two months before launch, right. To do all of this, uh, cause not only that you need to do the work, you also have to deliver the requirements to engineering and they have to implement that. And then you have to go back and forth and test it. Um, so it, definitely if, if there's enough time, one of the things that's greatly overlooked is a complete review and a restructuring. Uh, uh, revisions and optimization of your information architecture. Uh, another thing that we're constantly, uh, I completely forgot to bring this up earlier, is orphan pages. Uh, one thing that's widely overlooked during migrations is orphans, because uh, in-house, in uh, they typically care about like what's there now. What's, if they see the data, uh, they see that it's being linked to, they're doing a passive crawl link by link, they're taking those pages and they're working with that, but they haven't taken the time to look at orphans. Uh, we've, we've had like show hands. How many times have you seen uh, an old version of a website still be in the folder on the new website? Yeah. I've seen a whole duplicate, a whole duplicate of the old, of the, of the current site because content didn't change. It was a new design. That's it. But a whole yeah. duplicate inside of a staging. forward slash staging. Old staging or like old <laughs> dash site you know, like slash old dash site. And then you have the entire site with like everything, right? Everything in there. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, absolutely looking at those resources that like are not easily discoverable that a lot of people just like don't keep in mind because they either don't understand, haven't had the, the, the industry experience to really think about these things or haven't prepared or uh, downloaded one of the latest checklists, migration checklists, and used it internally. It has been an amazing conversation. I think that this, for me, has opened my mind to thinking about so many different configuration and aspects that are not the typical ones that we talk usually about when talking about SEO for web migrations, for sure. And hopefully it was the case also for you. Also, if you have any questions, any doubts, leave them below in the comments. I'll uh, give a heads up to Bartos and, and also Arsene to come and answer any questions too. And this hopefully sparks also a little bit more of, of a conversation. And of course, follow Bartos, follow Arsene. You have their handles in Twitter. Thank yeah. you very much for coming. I think it's the most lively conversation ever. And uh, looking forward to have you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank Bye -bye. you so much, so much. Thanks for having us.